friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's so, so good to have you with me today. Today, I have got a special guest who is super special uh, because she's not travelled very far. I've got uh, Becky, my wife, Becky Rogers, Reverend Becky Rogers, uh, with me today. And uh, I always introduce my guests by giving you a little something about them, giving you their title or that kind of thing. Uh, well, my wife, Becky, she is the director uh, of the London Centre for Spiritual Direction. She does that part-time. And in her other part-time role, she's the principal for St Edmund's Christian Studies course. So she holds these two uh, roles in a portfolio. And she's the assistant minister at our church. We planted our church together. And Bex was giving us a thought at our staff meeting and it was about a month ago and she brought this thought to our staff team there's about 12 or 13 of us in the in the meeting and she brings this thought on sleep and everybody on the staff team was just going oh i needed to hear this so i thought it'd be awesome for her to share it with you guys as well so she's gonna uh, share with us some thoughts that she's been having uh, on this uh, spiritual discipline of, of rest or the spiritual discipline of sleep i can't decide if to call this podcast episode thou shalt sleep uh, or call it the spiritual discipline of sleep. It'll be one or the other. You'll know it because it'll have appeared on the title. I'll, I'll decide at the end. But here we go, friends. Meet my wife, Becky. I think she's awesome. I hope you think she's awesome as well as we talk about the discipline of sleep. So, Becky, welcome to Making Disciples. Thank you. And I'd like to say, uh, I want you to help me. I want you okay. to coach me. But you do that yeah. anyway all the time. You tell me all the time <laughs> what I'm doing wrong. Uh, sleeping's not been particularly easy. Mm -hmm. Middle of a pandemic, sleeping has been much harder. Mm -hmm. And also there's this evangelical Christian spirituality that says uh, we get our worth and value out of what we do for God. Yeah. We serve God, and that's where we get our value and worth from. Yeah. Therefore, I keep working harder and harder and harder, squeezing as much in as possible to serve God, yeah. because I want to I want to make sure he loves me. And actually, all of that idea, that evangelical busyness, yeah. needs also counteracting with, with something else. And yeah. that's what I want you to talk to us about today. So sleep and rest. Rest. Uh, you spoke on this at our staff meeting recently, yep. and I just thought it was so interesting what you said that I wanted you to share some of that with us today. Mm -hmm. So help me. Why is sleep and rest so important for us as Christians? Why is it a discipleship thing? Well, um, my journey with rest came out of my own discipleship and spiritual journey. Rest isn't something like you that I've necessarily always found easy and often felt guilty about you know, snatching um, minutes and a half hours here and there and then feeling guilty afterwards uh, for resting. A number of years ago, I was looking for a book that would help me go deeper into discipleship and, and journey with God. And I picked up The Good and Beautiful God by James Brian Smith. A lot of his stuff comes from Dallas Willard. Um, and I opened this book and the first chapter was entitled Sleep. And I looked at the chapter and I thought, well, what on earth has that got to do with discipleship? Um, sleep. Sleep is something that's a waste of time. It's something you have to do, but you don't. And at, particularly at that point with small children, this is about 
10, 12 years ago, uh, I wasn't getting a lot of it. Um, so I craved it, but also couldn't see the link between it and discipleship. Um, and he said the number one enemy of Christian spiritual formation today is exhaustion. And that really spoke deep into where I was at. How often is it when we're tired that we let go of all those things we know are not um, are not where God wants us to be? So when I'm tired, I'm more likely to snap. I'm more likely to be irritable. Um, I use the phrase, phrase my grace bucket. My grace bucket is very empty when I'm tired. I find it hard to have grace for others and grace for myself. When I'm tired, I'm more likely to give in to temptation. Mine is chocolate. I'm much more likely to eat chocolate when I'm tired and exhausted. Um, and a lot of the things that we would, I would be putting in my day and my life to ensure that my relationship with God is good, go to the wall when I'm tired. You know, when I'm tired, I don't want to pray because if I start praying, I fall asleep or I haven't got time to pray. That's the other thing. The tireder I get, the less time I seem to have because everything takes twice as long or you have to redo things because you make more mistakes. Um, and this really spoke to me. And I suppose it's I'm still on that journey into what rest looks like. The book also said that the average person needs approximately eight hours to sleep to maintain health. That's not to recover or to get better. That's just to maintain health. And research recently has said that that maybe it's now seven and a half hours. But how many of us actually get seven and a half to eight hours sleep a night? We don't. And yet we still think we can perform or um, minister to our highest abilities when we're actually sleep deprived. Our bodies is exhausted. Our brains are exhausted. Our hormones are all over the place because when you're tired, your hormone balances are different. Um, we're, we're fighting our own weaknesses because we haven't got the energy to, to resist them. Um, it's, it's just chaos it's just chaos and actually God has designed if we believe that God has designed us well then God's actually designed us to sleep God could have created mankind to need no sleep to operate 24 hours a day and maybe rest for five minutes I mean he could have chosen to do that he didn't he designed us to need about eight hours sleep um, and of course that's average some people need more and some people need a bit less he designed us to spend about a third of our lives sleeping. Now, if we're not responding positively to that, then actually there's an implication that we think God designed us wrong. Mm. You know, well, that's ridiculous. Why do I need eight hours sleep? I can manage. And there can be. I mean, I'm sure you know it. When, we, when you get leaders of anything together and they start talking, there can be almost a competition about how little sleep people need. Um, the famous adage of Margaret Thatcher was that she only needed four hours sleep a night. Mm. Um, and I know um, Winston Churchill also, although Winston Churchill had a bed in, in the bunker and used to have naps during the day. So, um, but actually that's how God's made us. And therefore, if we're saying we don't need to sleep and rest, we're actually saying that we're not responding to what God has created us to be and how God has created us to be. Um, sleep's a reminder from God that we are not God. Mm. There is only one being that doesn't sleep and doesn't need to sleep and doesn't need to rest. And yet he still took his seventh day off. We're still mm. told that the being who doesn't need rest and sleep rested to value. He stopped producing 
He stopped creating in order to value what he produced and created. Um, and I think for me, that, that was kind of that wake-up call I needed to start thinking more about what it meant to rest. Um, and of course, we see Jesus resting. You know, Mark... 35, Mark 4, 35 to 40, you know, Jesus chooses to rest and sleep. Jesus is, you know, although he's, he's human, we have this whole dynamic, he's human, and yet he's God. And as God, did he really need to rest? Could he carried on ministering and teaching and healing? And yet he withdrew to rest because he knew his body needed to rest and recover. Um, and that he, there was time for rest, just like there was time for work. There's that lovely story, isn't there, of him in the, in the boat, fast asleep. Um, and, and I like to picture it, you know, there's the boat, the disciples are getting more and more frantic and there's the storm and there he is curled up on a cushion. In my head, he's got like a nice pink cushion. He's curled up in the corner and fast asleep. And, and they're going bonkers and going, nah, and go and wake him up. And, and he wakes up and he quiets the storm. Um, and there's something about that in the story about, Jesus depicting that, showing that he is God, that he can calm the elements. Um, and that's important. But there's also something about he was resting. Mm -hmm. he, was, he could have been paddling his feet in the water. He could have been chatting to the disciples. But he knew in those moments he needed to rest. This is God. The Son of God rested. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not resting and if I'm not sleeping well, I'm very quick to say I need to be Christ-like in other ways, but how quick am I to say that I need to be Christ-like in my resting and my and my sleeping? Mm. Uh, Matthew 14 as well talks about um, uh, Jesus withdrawing to be alone, to rest. And, and we focus there very much on the praying bit, but there's also about withdrawing away mm. and about being just at one with God and sometimes our resting is our quiet times but that's not all that's not just in interceding or petitioning God our resting needs to be more than that it needs to be about restoring and um, renewing and allowing mm. space for our bodies to to rest mm. I mean there's lots of other places in the Bible where you can show us uh, Exodus, obviously, you know, we, we love to spend time in the New Testament, back in the Old Testament. Well, what's one of the Ten Commandments? Sabbath day. I mean, you know, again, we wouldn't dream of going, yeah, it says don't kill, but, you know, I'm busy. I've got to kill this person today. We might be tempted sometimes as church leaders, but, you know, we don't. And yet, do no work on the Sabbath. We, we, we feel somehow that that's one that's allowed um, and of course, there's something about not going into religiousness in it. Um, but it's how do we how do we embrace the grace of that? You know, to, to stop one day a week, to allow that that the rest of the world carries on, that God is in control, that we can actually rest, whatever that means. Mm. Uh, and of course, rest looks very different to different people. But it's important. And Psalm 121 as well. I love Psalm 121. Um, let me just find that for us now. And again, Psalm 121 reminds us. Um, 
it's the one that starts i lift up my eyes to the mountain where does my help come from verse three he will not let your foot slip he who watches over you will not slumber indeed he who watches over israel will neither slumber nor sleep you know god is the one who doesn't sleep but when we're asleep he watches over us he cares for us he nurtures us he makes sure the world the sun comes up and goes down again when we're asleep and resting it doesn't it doesn't just watch over us when we're doing he watches over us when we're not doing as well while we're resting but rest fair i mean you know that we we rest very differently don't we the things that stop us from doing and and that we rest i mean i like curling up with a good book and could quite happily rest on a on our day off sat with a cup of coffee and a good book um and what kind of things do you do chris well, I just love watching movies. Yeah. I think if I if I watch a good movie on an evening, then I'm ready for bed. And there are nights where I've had a meeting and if I've not had a moment to pause and watch something, actually, I, I cannot sleep. Mm. And some nights you go to sleep so fast and I'm not ready yet because I've, I've got to still do that wind down. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I love making stuff as well. Mm. So that's the other thing that, you know, I rest by making. Mm. Um, yeah. And that and that's the thing. Rest is isn't just the absence of work. Um, I love this this thing in in music. Um, so if you're playing a musical piece, there are rests in the musical piece, and the rests in music are not just an opportunity for the flautist to get a breath or the mm. um, the trumpet player to you know put it down so his arms don't take. Rests are key to the music. They're as important as the notes. Um, they. In fact, there is a there's a wonderful piece of music which is just completely silent, and and the conductor comes on and the pianist comes on, the grand piano is on the stage and he sits down, all ready to play, and there's just silence, and the composer created it as a piece to focus on the silence, and as you as an audience sit there, you hear the ambient sounds that you normally. Um, don't hear you mm. hear the the sound of the person behind you breathing or the rustle or the, the the whir of an air conditioning unit or and and it's about bringing to the front silence um, but most pieces are a mix of, of, of rest and music notes um, and they're part of the piece they're, they're key to the piece isn't there a piece of music I, I don't know who it was by where the the pianist removed all of the rests from the piece of music and rather than that piece of music being filled full of life, it just became this uh, non-stop mm. churning out of notes. Mm. And it's exhausting to listen to. I don't know who it is that did that. Mm. But I, I love the idea that um, the rests in the music are not the absence of, of a note, but it's the presence of a pause. Yeah. And, and uh, in our business of life, we see pausing as failure yeah. or the absence of what I should be doing in it right now. Yeah. Whereas actually the the pause, the rest, is a, a key piece yeah. to the beauty of the music, yeah. isn't it? And it's the same in plays and films. You know, the, the pause in the dialogue or the pause in... There's some recent films which have used the, the more, um, background music amazingly that at the pinnacle it goes silent. Mm. And somehow it makes it far more intense a moment than if they had a crash of noise. Mm. Um, and in plays, you know, the, the, again, the pauses are not just an opportunity to breathe, 
but they're an opportunity to bring accent mm. and it's the rest and the pauses that almost bring the rest of it into focus mm. you know you we've all had that opportunity when people recite something and they go so fast you can hardly work out what they're saying um because the pauses emphasize the action do you remember when i did that tv show with tbn yes and i was told i had 27 minutes for the episode because they had to put the brakes in but every time we did it it worked out at about 28 minutes yeah and the producer said, it's not a problem, we'll just remove your pauses, we'll remove your, you know, the breathing bits. Yeah. So don't worry about it. And it went out, and Iris from church said yeah. to me, Chris, I watched that programme, it was exhausting, you were non-stop. <laughs> and when I went back and watched it, I realised they really had taken any moment where I looked down at my notes, yeah. just gave it just a two or three seconds pause, yeah. they'd removed it. And it meant, rather than it being something that you watched and it was a pleasure, it became exhausting mm. to watch this talk because it, it, there was not a moment to, to breathe in, in the entire thing. And actually the, the pauses give it shape and the pauses allow you to react. I'm just thinking comedy is a classic one. The pause in the right moment can make the difference between, oh, that was moderately funny and side-splittingly funny. You know, just that pause or the nod or the look and it's often the silence that accentuates the humour of the moment more than the words. Mm. And and we well, we know that, that there's some comics who are amazing at delivery and others other people would say the same thing and it just wouldn't be funny mm. at all. Um, it, it's that intervals that actually enhance, and it's the same in our lives. You know, the rest is not an inaction, it's an action. Mm. It's not a... a moment where we don't but it actually enhances the rest of our life and if we don't we're like that performer producing so fast that it's exhausting mm. and it doesn't give people other people or ourselves an opportunity to reflect that well-known um sort of spiritual guru robert ludlam says in born identity he says to he, he has the character being saying to born Rest is a weapon, don't forget it. And I love that. If we saw our rest and our sleep as a weapon, as part of our arsenal that God gives us in order to fight, whether you want to see that spiritually, you know, whether to go into the spiritual battle, or whether we see it as a weapon to help us perform, whatever that means in ministry and, and in Christian life, um, it does change it changes how we think of it and it changes how we approach it. Mm. Um, now, one of the key things, of course, is rest looks very different to different people. You know, if you're in a job where every day, well, I know for you, Chris, when you've had a day when you've had meeting after meeting after meeting where you've spoken to people and people have spoken to you and some pastoral stuff and you come home and the rest you need is not to sit and chat. Mm. And you come in sometimes going, I'm all talked out. You know, for some people, rest is a bit about solitude. It's like Jesus withdrawing and being on their own to hear their own head, to restore and reconnect with their own bodies. Um, for others, if you're in a job where all day you're just you and a computer, then in the evening you're probably desperate, when, unless you're an incredible introvert, you're probably desperate to spend time with people. Rest looks different, which is why it's very hard to say to somebody, you need to do this to rest. Because what works for me, as we've said, doesn't always work for you and vice versa. Mm. Um, 
but it's whatever it is it's a deliberate I was talking to somebody about rest a while ago and she said she said I, I need to it's about putting it down turning off closing doors and disengaging from life putting down turning off closing doors and disengaging from life and I thought I loved that sort of summary of what mm. resting is. What you then do when you've done that could change shape. For some people, it's craft, it's sewing, it's knitting, it's cooking. For others, resting for them is going and running. And this, mm. this young woman I was speaking to, she, she's a runner and she loves going out and running for a couple of miles. And that rests her, it reconnects her with her body, it reconnects her with the world around her. Are you her. saying running is resting for her? It is resting for her. There's something wrong with her, isn't there? <laughs> there is definitely something wrong with her. It's Get not... to bed, love. Have a, have a sleep. Uh, no, it's really, for her, it's really important about reconnecting with her body and who she is. Um, exercise, going for a walk. I mean, we, during lockdown, we loved going for a walk into Hamlet Cemetery Park hmm. as a way of, of putting down, turning off, closing doors, disengaging from, from normal life, from life. And, and refinding the leaves. At, mm. I mean, it's autumn at the moment. It's a great time to go out and walk. Mm. Um, but it's finding the right way of resting for you. Not, and, and, and that takes a bit of knowing oneself. You know, we, we can do mm. what we've been told and we can do what maybe we've seen our parents or other Christians do. But it's about knowing what do I need? I know that for me, rest is creative. I love doing craft I like doing cross stitch uh, during lockdown I got back into doing lego um, making something creating something that's restful for me rest is also playing games board games mm. with family and friends in a non-competitive atmosphere if it gets too competitive it's not restful mm. um, being with people having a coffee reading a book those are the restful things for me about just taking time out and disengaging and but also listening to my body and listening to my head mm. um i mm. think that's the other thing i think if we we rest we reconnect with who we are mm. i think sometimes it's very easy to bury ourselves in business and work and we lose sight and lose mm. connection with who we are can i go back to something you said a bit mm. earlier on yeah so i want to talk about guilt oh so i I love that seven and a half or eight hours. There's a little bit of us going, what? I need 13. Well, we know that. <laughs> so I'm asleep. I am a sleeper. I've always liked sleep. Yeah. Uh, my ideal would be to fall asleep at midnight and wake up at one in the afternoon, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> life doesn't work like that, particularly when you've got children. But I, for me, sleep, I, I do okay on eight, but actually I need more like nine or ten. Mm. And, you know, you know, on our, on our day off, I don't get out of bed till very late. But therefore, I feel guilty. Mm. And let me just put this on the table as well. So there is a Christian leader that I know that I really respect and love. And like the Margaret Thatcher, he has four hours sleep a night. Mm. This guy churns out a book a year. I mean, mm. he is a writer. Mm. He does epic amounts of work. Mm. We once got a script uh, from him um, at Spring Harvest for a book that he'd written. And the time on it, it was like time stamped at the bottom when he'd written that paragraph. It was like four in the morning. And I'm like, what? I, so I have guilt that I'm not mm. like that individual and I need more sleep. Mm. But what you've just described is that actually sleep is not just a gift, it's a spiritual discipline. Mm. 
it's the discipline of putting in the rest so that the the, the if life is music it it's got the beauty in it as yeah. well and the accent are important so i'm somebody that needs more accents than than some people yeah so what what do i do with that there am i right in feeling guilty am i wrong in feeling guilty should it not actually be guilt should i appreciate just that's how i'm hardwired what well i mean <laughs> We're all made different, aren't we, Chris? We're all made unique and, and different. Well, some and... of us are made perfect <laughs> and some of us are less so. Um, and just like there are people who look at your Craftanoon hashtag at times and feel guilty that they're not doing creative things like that with their children, um, it, it, that it's about doing and being who you're created to be. If your body is made mm. so that you need 8 to 10 to 12 hours sleep um, to work well then that's who you're created to be. And if you try and emulate somebody else, I mean, I, I don't want, I don't know, um, you don't want to comment on other people and their lack of sleep. But if somebody genuinely doesn't need sleep and that's how they operate, then that works well for them. I know some people, I worked with somebody who was very high productivity and who worked incredibly hard and rested very little. Um, and so she would have a cycle of working very hard for about four or five months and then being very ill for two weeks. Uh, and that was a cycle that she did a number of times. Um, she also didn't sleep much, but then she'd often have a nap during the day as well because she worked flexible hours and things. So sometimes people um, mm. rest in different ways. Uh, but it's about fine. It's, it's like a lot of this discipleship thing is that... Um, it's about finding who we are as people and who God's made us to be. Obviously, if you were regularly needing 12 hours sleep and not able to operate on any less, then we might be taking a visit to the doctor. <laughs> because there are medical reasons. But I know that although you love your 12, 13 hours, you actually do operate very well on seven or eight. <laughs> I don't get it. Once a week, I might get. I might get. So I think, but it's, it's like, I mean, Christian discipleship is full about guilt. You could do a whole session on that, really. Mm. You know, how do we we spend a lot of time wasting energy feeling guilty for not being something that God never created us to be? Mm. Um, and also, it, sometimes it, it makes us feel better because at least we feel guilty about it. We don't have to do anything then. Mm. So there's a combination of, is this something that is, I can feel guilty that I'm not praying enough. I, in fact, I don't think I've met many people who think they're praying enough. And then I can just say, oh, I feel guilty about it. Or I can say, well, actually, do I need to pray more? And how could I pray more? In what mm. ways can I pray more? Um, but there's also something about, uh, you know, I, yeah, acknowledging who God has created you to be. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it's important to say that what we're talking about here is is for many of us, we probably need more sleep. Mm. And this is about encouraging us to see sleep as a God-given gift, mm. not something we have to do or that it's it's punishment because of some other reasons. You know, this I is think, a positive thing for us. Because yeah. I know for some of us, yeah. we can't get out of bed because that's because of depression. Oh, yeah, that, yes, it's very You know, different. we're not yeah. talking about that at all. What we're yeah. talking into here is those of us who that, that really need to be taking more rest and care for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And actually think caring for ourselves is wrong. Yeah. We should be caring for others more. Yeah. Whereas actually to care for ourselves means that we're healthy and well and we're in yeah. a good place to then care for others. Which is why it's interesting that Jesus is asleep. Yeah. Jesus is sleeping to recharge his spiritual batteries. Yeah. Um, as well as and, prayer and, and physical sleep. batteries. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's the um, 
if Jesus needs to sleep, boy, do we need to sleep. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And there's a lot of research coming out. There's more research, I think, done in the last five years about sleep than there has been in the previous 20. And there's an, an identifying some of the long-term effects of lack of sleep. Um, Michael J. Fox, who, as you know, was in Back to the Future, at one point in his career was filming a television programme during the day and then going to another part of America to film Teen Wolf um, and getting very little sleep. There was one article that I read that it is said that they wonder whether because he's now suffering from parkinson's whether the lack of sleep actually had impacted mm. his brain in such a degree that it helped bring on the parkinson's mm. disease lack of sleep affects our brain's chemistry it affects our brain ability to remember things um it affects our mood our hormones and they're realizing that, that there's a long-term sacrifice to lack of sleep mm. and again that that's reflecting on what you need and, and what we need is you know this seven and a half eight is an average if that's the average and there are some people who are getting four or five then there are some people who maybe need 10 mm. um, and it's working out what your body needs to operate well mm. we're about to finish because we're going to run out of time is there anything else that you wanted just to share with us before before we're done i i just for me is the question i'd like to leave listeners with is how will you rest this week mm. if jesus rests and sleeps it's not an optional it's like prayer prayer isn't an optional evangelism isn't an optional um but how we do it becomes about part of who god made us to be um so the question is how will you rest this week um and maybe think of of, of the areas of your life sort of um uh, how will you rest physically? How will you rest spiritually? How will you rest emotionally? You know, what are the things you need to bring you life? Mm. And means that when you go back, the rest is enhancing the rest of your life um, rather than the rest of your life being so frantic uh, and with no rest mm. that it just it just gets like, mm. yeah. Thank you so much. For, I, what I love is the um, for so long, my evangelical upbringing gave me this the spiritual things and, and physical things mm. spiritual is prayer reading the bible praying for miracles telling people about jesus physical is the eating and sleeping but what this shows me is actually uh the physical things are spiritual as well and uh rest is a key part of our spirituality mm. and it's a key part of our disciplines mm -hmm. And, and and there's a there's a blurring between all of that, mm. which some of us have failed to maybe see in the past. And just as we finish, you know, we're recording this on the day. So this will go out on Monday. Yeah. But th we're recording this on the day that lockdown 2.0 has started. Yeah. And we chose to record it today for Monday. Yeah. Uh, and the one that I was going to drop is going to go further back. Because uh, I think there's something really important for us in this season to recognise that we need to go slow. Yeah. We need to rest well. Yeah. And I keep saying to my staff team, look, give me 60, 70%. Don't give me 120%. Yeah. I want my guys to slow down, to run at a, a healthier pace mm -hmm. in this season and to get to Christmas without burning out. Well, you can't run a marathon as a, as a sprint. I thought you were about to say you can't run a marathon as a stripper then. No. <laughs> you went, it's a sprint. You can't run a marathon as a sprint. You can't do it like that either. No, because you, 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 you need to pace. Mm. And the longer the race, the more we need to pace to ensure that we've got the energy, as, as Paul says, to, to cross the line, yeah. to get the laurel, to win the race. We're in this to win the race. And therefore, we need to pace ourselves. Yeah. 
Not yeah. And not to be guilty, please don't get hung up on guilty because you're not having enough rest. But see this as an invitation into mm. resting a bit more. So, in this season, go slow, mm. rest, sleep well, which isn't an easy thing to do, yeah. but get your sleep. It's a spiritual discipline. And my encouragement would be, uh, look at only getting through 70% of what you would normally do. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the extra space. Allow it to leave you in a, in a healthier place. So, friends, I, I hope that you found that really helpful. Becky, mm. thank you for kind of sharing okay. that with us. Love to hear your feedback. Love to hear your comments. Um, respond, leave something in the chat. Let us know what you think. Do you get enough sleep? Uh, are you somebody that needs more sleep? Are you somebody that... Uh, knows they need more sleep but never actually gets it. You know, what's it been like for you uh, learning that sleep is a spiritual discipline? So friends, until next time, grace and peace. Mm.